flow this week, didn't I flow? Had a good cry, you know? Let's be honest, guys, it's not all good all of the time, is it? So I'm going to talk today a little bit about that. It's always interesting when the song choices kind of dovetail with what you're going to preach on, and I think singing about the goodness of God and the fact that sometimes we get tired of running, running, but thank goodness we can come to the presence of God, and that is where we can find our rest and our peace. So this morning, I want to pray before I continue um, with this word. Father, I just thank you for the word of God. Father, I thank you that whatever we are walking through right now, you promise us in this word and you give us the assurance that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, you're always by our side. And Father, I want to thank you for that. I pray that this word will be from your heart and that it will touch our lives, Lord, and challenge us that we go out with something to meditate and think on this week. Amen. Can you turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 6? And he's talking here a little bit how, as Christians, whether we are here on the earth or whether we're in heaven, we just want to do what pleases the Lord. And it says, So then, being always filled with good courage and confident hope, and knowing that while we live in these bodies, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. We are, as it was saying earlier, of good courage and confident hope and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are home on earth or whether we are with him, it is our constant goal to please him. Going back about two years ago, I went with some of the other ladies down to land everywhere. Mim's mum and dad have a beautiful house out in a peaceful location. And the girls had gone down the night before, and I can't remember why, but I wasn't able to travel with them. And so the next morning I got up and I traveled alone in my car along this journey. I think I might have had sat-nav at that time on the phone or something kind of showing me where to go, because my sense of direction is not the best, better than Pastor Andrews, but it's not the best. Um, and so I was plodding along on the motorway, and then we got off, and it was on to the A roads. And it was a little bit swervy, it was a little bit turning, and but it was really beautiful. And I found myself looking around and thinking, oh, this is lovely. And, and I think probably my acceleration came off and I was going slow and all of a sudden vroom, by the side of me came this other car that probably thought woman driver she's driving so slow on this road um, but I didn't mind because I was taking in the scenery but then I think I took a wrong turn and I kind of went off down some strange place and thought mm, this doesn't quite seem right and the sat nav started saying you need to make a u-turn you need to turn back you need to find your nearest opportunity to turn around and get back onto the road that i was meant to be on and as i was driving i started to feel a little bit nervous because i didn't really know where i was going i didn't know the roads i hadn't been there before it was quite windy a few people overtook me and like i said i made this wrong turn and God started to speak to me at that time that that can be what the journey of life is like. How many of us can be traveling along and we think, oh, look at that person, they've overtaken me. 
they're getting there. I want to be there, and they're there, and I'm not there. And they get around you. Or how many times do we think, oh my gosh, where am I? I've made a wrong turn. I'm going off down here, and really I want to be over there, and I don't quite know how to get back, and there's nowhere for me to turn around. And sometimes we're kind of going along a place that we, we don't feel comfortable. We're Perhaps I know many of my friends here, you're in a new place, you're in a new country, and perhaps sometimes you feel anxious about that because you don't know so much about how to be in this culture, and it takes time to learn that and to, to walk in that. Or maybe this year, I know Claire is going back to uni tomorrow, and you know that's a new going to be a new experience for her after some years, and I'm sure for the first couple of times she might be a little bit anxious about, well, I don't know anyone, and and I don't know where I need to be right now. And, and sometimes we find ourselves in those places where we feel anxious about what's happening in our lives. And I think there were several people in the Bible that felt that way also. I was looking through, and Mary, I loved when we were at the leisure center the other day and the, the preacher referred to Mary and how the angel came and told her how highly favored she was. And yet, really, that was putting her in quite an awkward position. But I thought beyond that, and I thought after her being told how highly favored she was, how she found herself nine months pregnant on the back of a donkey, traveling for five days to Bethlehem to arrive and find that there's nowhere for me to stay. And she ends up in a stable. And lo and behold, God thought that's a good night for the baby to be born. And she's giving birth in a stable. I'm sure right at that time she thought, what on earth is going on? Who put this highly favored tag on me? I don't think that I feel very highly favored whilst she was surrounded by cows and donkeys and whatever that were around her while she's giving birth. For any mothers in the house, I can I hear an amen? Amen. Yes, Denise, thank you. You're with me. The children of Israel. So they came, they were slaves in Egypt. I think they lived a pretty hard life in Egypt. And Moses had been fighting to bring them out of Egypt. And I imagine they were full of anticipation. They were full of hope for the future that they were going to come out and it was going to be better and everything was going to get okay soon. And yet, when they came out into the wilderness out in out of Egypt for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness and I think they were probably full of disappointment at times frustrated by their circumstances things were not what they expected them to be Naomi and her family they experienced famine in their homeland and with famine I imagine came ill health um, and stress and anxiety as they didn't have anything to eat and they left their homeland for Moab where when they got there with the hope of finding food and improved health and stability for their lives they got there and I think for a period of time things were good and then bereavement hit the family Naomi's husband died her, her two sons had been married to Moabite women but shortly after their her two sons also died Naomi must have felt such emotional pain. And I think also that would have caused social um, issues for them as three women without husbands to provide who was going to provide the fear of going back into that maybe state of famine and not a lack that she had experienced in her homeland. 
I'm sure Naomi looked and went, what is going on with my life? Why are things like this? Abraham and Lot, they set out on a journey together. They were uncle and nephew. And on the way, their servants began to, and their shepherds began to argue amongst themselves over where their sheep were going pa- to graze. And I believe that Abraham and Lot decided to separate in order to keep the peace because these shepherds were arguing. And so Abraham, the uncle, said, where would you like to go, Lot? And I discovered this week, I was just sharing with Jonathan, this is where the the expression, the grass is not always greener on the other side, comes from. Because Lot looked out at the plains of Jordan and he decided that he would choose to take his lot Lot took his lot, his sheep and everything else, and they went to live on the plains of Jordan near Sodom. But sometime later, the grass wasn't greener on the other side because his household was captured when Sodom was besieged and he was captured. And, you know, certainly the one thing I don't think he had on his life plan was his wife turning into a pillar of salt because when they, Abraham came back and, cal- and rescued him, of course, the story goes that she looked back and, and was turned into a pillar of salt. You can look into that a bit more. I'm going to more details on that. But I don't think your wife turning into a pillar of salt is ever on your life plan. So I'm pretty sure that most of those people thought, what's going on? You know, what is going on in my life? Things are not going to plan. So some of you would have got a text from me yesterday. Um, My title, I don't know if we've managed to get the slides to work, is Embrace the Journey with Your Eye on the Goal. We're all on a journey of life. We're all on the journey of life. And sometimes it has twists and turns, and it has things that we didn't bargain for. But I'm going to challenge us. I'm going to encourage us. I'm going to remind us today about keeping our eye on the goal. And what is our goal as Christians? So we're going to look at that a little bit later. But for today, I've shown those examples in the Bible. My first question was, how was your week gone? And those who've had a good week shouted, yeah, good. And then a few people didn't say anything. So I'm going to presume maybe you didn't have such a good week. But whatever you're going through this morning, I want you to know that you're not alone. And we're going to flick through some slides, which are the... the, um, experiences that people told me about. I might always go off my notes. I don't know why I make them, really. But let's have a look at the next slide. This is what some of you guys that are sitting amongst us this morning told me about life. Somebody said, whatever stage of life you're in, there are always highs and lows. Excitement and anticipation, hardships and struggles, heartaches and celebrations. That's what one person sat amongst you today said. And then the next one we've got, life is like one big roller coaster. You have to embrace it and embrace wherever it takes you. Now, I want to read the whole of what that person said to me. I want to read it all. However, I made colors and then didn't have a colored printer. And I don't know whether it's all come out or whether it's hidden through the colors but this I'm going to paraphrase what this person said they said life's like a roller coaster and you have to embrace wherever it takes you and they talked about having a really hard time at the beginning of their life and how sometimes the journey seemed so long and they thought when is it ever going to end but then they would come across someone or they would meet someone and she and this person said it's a she she said 
then I would realize that actually I wasn't going through as much as that person was going through. And I would be thankful and grateful to God that I was where I was. And so I thought that that was, certainly that's something that my parents have brought me up to to kind of be that way, that we need to count our blessings. And she put that at the end as well. So I try to every day count my blessings and make a difference to the people that I come across. The next one, please, Matt. Life brings joy and it brings pain. It brings answered and it brings unanswered prayers. It brings disappointment and it brings blessing. That's from another person here amongst us today. And the next one. Somebody said, I in the past have felt alone unworthy and defeated. And the next one. Life has been full of ups and downs, joy on the one hand and treacherous experiences on the other. My life experiences have taught me that when adversaries try to push me off the cliff, God's hands are there to save me. And I think a lot of the people that I asked this question to, I haven't given you the whole of what they said because I just wanted to pull out because it's great, isn't it, for us to stand here and say, God's always with me and God always pulls me out. And I think when we're put on the spot and asked that question, then we can pull that out because we know it's the truth. But when we're walking through it day by day by day, my question is, do we sometimes take our eye off that? And do we sometimes become overwhelmed by the circumstances that we're in? But many of you did say, and we'll go on to the next one, how through it all I find myself content in all things, knowing that God is with me. Amen. And the next one. But God always comes through. I think this was the person that said that on times they felt defeated and unworthy. And they said, but God always comes through. And I am who I am today because of God's grace and faithfulness. And he's not done with me yet. Is there another one? No, that's them all. Excellent. So that I just wanted to show you that today... Some people might have shouted out, yes, I'm okay, but we're not all okay all of the time, and that is life. That is life's journey. That's what it's like, and that's what God started to speak to me all those years ago when I was on that journey down to Landovery, that there will be people that will come around you and that will overtake you and that will get somewhere where you want to be quicker than you are getting there. Um, and there will be twists and turns, and there will be times when you think you've taken the wrong turn, and then there will be disappointments and fear. And the the girls, I, funny enough, I sent this message to some of our teenage girls. I didn't catch you, Evie, now before the meeting because Evie was like, ah, oh, I don't really know what to write. And then I sent it to one of the other teenage girls and they were like, ah, oh, I don't know what to write. And so today I just chatted with some of them before the meeting and they said, actually, it's been good and it's been exciting, but sometimes it's scary and it's challenging and we don't know what's going to happen next and that can be scary. And when some of the things that are out of our control, that can be scary. Fear of the unknown can be scary. And even one of our really younger ones said, relationships can be really hard, friendships and those type of things. So I think I want everyone in the room, from the youngest to the oldest, to know that none of us are okay all of the time. We might smile on a, put on an, a face on a Sunday and we might go through the week doing the best we can, but it's okay not to be okay sometimes. And God understands that. The Bible is full of people that have experienced that. But thank the Lord that he is with us walking through it all. And like I said, I want us to embrace the journey with our eye on the goal. Okay, the goal. What is the goal? In Ephesians, 
I really am all over the place now with my notes. Ephesians 5, verse 1, I think it is. No, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6, I already read it. It says, therefore, whether we are home or away from home, it's our constant goal to please him. That's our goal, to please him in everything that we do, in every step by step by step, day by day by day, whether that might be in our work life, in our family life, in our studies, in our life choices. Some of you might be at a point in your life where you're like, I've got to make the next step now. I don't know what the next step's going to be, but I've got to make that choice. But in all of those things, the Bible says, commit your ways to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Amen. And so in all that you do, commit those plans and those ways to the Lord. It's good to plan. The Bible says that it's good to get advice and it's good to plan. But we commit those plans to the Lord and then he directs our path. Last weekend, Jonathan and I went to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. We went away for a couple of um, nights and we visited Cornwall. For anybody that hasn't been to Foy, it's spelled F-O-W-E-Y. If you're my friend on Facebook, you will see that I'm, I'm like a travel agent for Foy because I loved it so much. I couldn't stop taking photographs. Um, we wanted to go to Cornwall, and so we asked someone who goes there regularly to give us some advice, and they told us to try Foy, and we loved it. And Monday, we woke up, and I decided that I would like to go for a nice walk. My goal on Monday was a nice walk, and so we were having breakfast, in the guest house and the gentleman there was called Max. He'd lived there for two years and he had grown up just a few miles away. And so I thought, okay, he's gonna give me good advice. I'm not gonna ask the people on the table next to me. I don't know where they're from, but I know that this guy knows the area. And so just like the word says, I asked for some good advice from someone who knew and he Within five minutes, we had a map on the table, we had ins written instructions, we had a little overview from him about where we could go for a nice walk. But Max told us that when you get to a certain point, don't go up the steps, carry straight on, and you're gonna just see the most amazing views. And so there we were, we checked our footwear, he said we got the right footwear, I was actually in like boots a bit like this at that time, and he looked at me as if you were going to walk in those, but I said no, I got my wellies upstairs. So I put my wellies on, I got a raincoat on, and um, off we went to start our day. So the, the, the map told us what to look out for, and of course this is our map, isn't it? This is our map. The word of God is our map. It's going to tell us some of the things that we might encounter. It'll tell us in here, I think, that sometimes we won't feel peace, but it tells us what to do if we want to feel peace. It will give us all kinds of advice and promises and assurance and guidance. It's all in here. This is our map for life. And that day we set out with our map. It told us, look out for the ferry. You need to find the ferry to cross the estuary. And then you need to go up the hill and you need to take a right into the forest. I really wanted to bring my photos and show you today, but we couldn't get it sorted. So you're going to have to go with me or add me on Facebook so that you can see my pictures. Um, but we went up the hill through the forest. It was just beautiful. Everything was going great. I was loving it. It was slightly raining, but the sh 
shelter of the trees kept us dry. And we walked through the forest and we looked out over the estuary and it was gorgeous and I was happy. And we were holding hands because we were being married for 25 years <laughs> and we were being all romantic. And, um, and life was good. And then we kind of kept going and kept going and it was a little bit far, but I kept pulling these map and instructions out of my pocket and kept checking that we were going the right direction and all was good, we were in the right way. And then it said, you're gonna come across a little bridge over the, um, I don't know, it wasn't the estuary, was it? It was where it had a little river. We went over the bridge and then it says, you're gonna go up the hill and you'll come to the church but before you get to the church on the right are some steps now we had passed some people who told us go up the steps it's fine it's good it's easy it's nice and quick back to Paul Ruin but we said no we're not going up the steps because Max told us not to go up the steps and to carry straight on because the views were amazing and it was going to make my goal of having a great nice walk that day all the better and so we said, no, we're not going right up the steps. We're going to carry on. And we went up and there was this beautiful church. And you pushed the door and you went in and there was drinks left there. And you could take in the tranquility of the church. And we sat and rested for a bit. And um, that was just an awesome place to be in, in the middle of nowhere in this gorgeous church. And then we carried on. And when we came out of the church, we got a bit lost in some way because Jonathan wanted to go that way and I was like no I'm sure this is what the direction what the instructions are saying is saying go left and he was like no but we came left and we need to go right and we had a little consultation about <laughs> about how which way we should go and um and of course I was right <laughs> because we needed to go left. I was right on that occasion, wasn't I? Uh, not always right, but I was right on that occasion. And so um, we went left. And as we went left, we, we were really a little bit tentative at this point. We weren't quite sure that we were going the right way. So I pulled the map out again. Now, by now, it's raining quite a bit. And so the, m the map is getting more and more soggy in my pocket but I open it up and the instructions say you're going to go up a hill and it's going to be quite hard but don't worry it does even out and so I read it to John and so off we went up the hill now by now we had already walked for maybe two hours or an hour and a half um, and so we're going up the hill I'm getting thigh burn I'm thinking oh my gosh when is this going to end but it's okay because the instructions told me it's gonna even out in the end, it's gonna be okay. And so I said, come on, it's all right, it's all right. We need to go this way, we need to go this way. And we're gonna see a sign for Lantic Park, Lantic Bay. And so we kept going and I kept stopping and I was taking in the scenery. This is another point in my message here. We need to stop sometimes and just take in the scenery in the difficult times because there's always something to see and something to learn and God's always got something to teach you in those difficult times. And so up we went and yes, I can see Atlantic Bay. It's okay, we're there, it's gonna even out. And we crossed the road and we went to the right along a little path. And then we went left into a field of cows. Now let me tell you at that time, I was anxious. 
Jonathan was like, mm, I don't know whether we should be walking through this field of cows. I was like, yeah, no, there's nowhere else to go. This is where it says we've got to do, we've got to do it. Just don't look at them. Just don't look at them. Keep walking, keep walking. And we walked through this field of cows and no word of a lie, I had this conversation with myself that said, what if my kids become orphans because both their parents get trampled by cows? But thank you, Lord, we're here. We're here. We didn't get trampled by cows. It was all good. And so we got through the field of cows. And when we got through the field of cows, we took a left. And then it was the case of we got to get down onto the coastline because this is what Max had told us it was all about. This was the end goal. We were going to have this great walk because we were going to get to the coastline and it was going to be beautiful. And that's where we were going. So we took a right and we went down a little. And then there were a few signs pointing you in different directions. And I was like, no, this one says, oh, well, this is where we need to go. And so we made our way down and I looked out and I was like, I can't see anything. It's so misty. I have done this big hill. My legs are burning. I am tired. I've been walking for two and a half hours and I can't see anything. What is going on, Max? Where are you now when I need you? Sat eating his lunch, I expect, somewhere nice. And so, anyway, we had no choice. At that point, I thought, do we go back? Do I go back and go back up the steps? Or do I carry on? And I fig did a little quick calculation in my head and I thought, mm, I think actually we'll be back to where we need to be quicker if I don't turn around and go back now. So we're, we're, gonna, we're committed, we're gonna do this, we're gonna keep going. And so we headed down, are you with me on the visuals on this now? We headed down the hill, cliffside. It was treacherous. Somebody talked about treacherous experiences. I thought, I am going to go flying down here now. Jonathan had walking boots, I had wellies. And I was like, whoa. And, and I was trying to hold on to different things. There was nothing really to hold on to. Jonathan was, you know, 20 feet in front of me. I was like, what help are you? Come back. Come back. So that I could just hold on his shoulders and kind of slowly move down. But there was nowhere to walk. The rope underneath my foot was so wet and slippy. There were so many stones and boulders. I wanted to be, and actually as we got lower than we could see, and I could just start to see the beauty of what was to come. But I couldn't look at it, because if I took my eyes up, do you know what? I was going down here, I was falling, man. It was so slippy. And so, I just was like this. Holding on to Jonathan. <laughs> Who feels like this sometimes? Who feels like that? You know, I can't put one foot in front of the other. I'm gonna fall. I don't know what's going on in my life, but if I take my eye off what's happening here, I am gonna fall. And I've had enough, I am not gonna fall now. And that's what it was like. I thought, I cannot take my eyes off my feet. I cannot take my eye off this journey that I'm doing because if I do, I'm going to fall. But I was missing so much because what I did do when I could find somewhere to hold on to is I stopped and I looked out. I so wish I had a photograph to show you. This cove, a beautiful sandy cove, 
a rugged coastline, waves crashing against the side of the coastline. It was bluer underneath the mist, but it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. But I had to stop in amidst my anxiety, in amidst, in amidst my worry about when on earth is this going to come to an end, this steep incline. When am I going to be able to feel my footing strong again? When am I going to feel confident in the way I walk? When am I going to feel safe? When am I going to feel settled? When am I going to feel happy? When can I take my eyes off every little movement? But in amongst that, I stood and I looked and I saw such beauty. And I thank God for this place where I was. And I thank God for the experience and I thank God for his beauty before me. I thank God for being able to do what I was doing that day. And we, we walked a bit further down and then I looked around and there's this guy. We hadn't really, we'd seen one other couple, I think maybe two on the way. But here comes this guy and he's just strolling down the hill. No problem, no slipping, no, no problem at all. I said to Jonathan, check him out. What's going on with him? Why isn't he falling? Why isn't he slipping? And Jonathan said, oh, he's just confident. I said, no, he's got better shoes on than us. That's what it is. And we had a little talk about that. And as we did, he was coming down the hill. That was just a talk. That wasn't a consultation. And uh, um, we... We kind of had stopped a bit. I watched him, he stopped a bit as well. But when he walked, he walked with such confidence. And so as he approached us, I said, oh, um, have you walked this way before? He said, yeah. He said, yeah, I've walked this way before. I said, oh, I thought maybe your shoes were better. And, he, you know, we didn't disagree or, or agree. Well, he definitely had better shoes than my worries. And he said, don't worry, it's okay. That's the worst of it. And he said, when you go on now and you get to the end, there's some great places to sit down and have a rest and have something to eat and something to drink. And I was like, yes, thank you. This was the worst of it. I don't have to go any further. And you know what? Sometimes in life we get like that, don't we? And people, God brings people across our path that just go, come on, it's okay. You can do it. There's not far to go now. And they encourage us and they guide us because maybe they've walked that walk before. And just know now that whatever you're going through, God will not let anything go to waste. And whatever you're walking through, one day you will help someone who is walking through that situation that maybe I've never walked through and I cannot help them with that situation, but you can. And so that guy had walked that way before and I thank God that he told me they weren't far to go. <laughs> um, so he powered on. He didn't walk with us for long, just a few steps and off he went. But his encouragement was good. So you see that my goal that day was to have a good walk. But that stretch held for me most the most treacherous, but as we carried on, the most beautiful part of that journey. I couldn't stop taking photographs. There was trickling water, there was wide open fields, there was the coastline that followed us up and it, oh, just to be stood on the end of, you know, the very south of the UK looking out, just absolutely beautiful. We'd seen that gorgeous church, the tranquility of that, the peacefulness 
of there being no cars and no noise and and just being in that moment, it was so beautiful. And Max was right. Max was right. It was worth the views. It was worth that extra three miles on the journey. It was worth nearly losing my foot and it was worth nearly getting trampled by cows. It was worth it. And sometimes God's going to take you on a journey that appears to be the long way round. Peers that people are zooming past you. Peers that people are able to take shortcuts and get to where you want to be. But God is taking you on a journey that holds so much richness and so much depth. But we've got to be committed to, to stay with it and go on that journey. And in that journey, to practice gratitude, to stop, to look up amongst those times. Amongst those times when where maybe we have to concentrate on the journey. We have to keep our eyes fixed on our feet. But God didn't tell us to have a Sabbath day for no reason. It is good to rest. It is good to stop and to breathe and to look up and to thank God for what's around you, to thank God for what you've walked through and to thank God for the people that are in your life. So our goal is to please him. There's a quote that says, a goal without a plan is just a dream. And I believe that all of us here today probably know that we need to please the Lord. We want to please him. We want him to be happy with us. But sometimes a goal, and our goal is to please him, is just a dream if we don't have a plan of how we're going to do that. And it doesn't have to be that you are going through a difficult time. I'm just talking about our journey, embracing the journey that we walk through, which could be a good journey. Somebody I asked, you know, they shared a lot of positive things about their journey. Their choices that they had made were obviously very well considered, and they are happy with their journey. And so sometimes we walk our journey and everything is okay. Everything is fine, but we can still sometimes take our eye off the goal in the good times. Perhaps you're raising a family. Perhaps you're running a business. Perhaps you're working a busy job that you're grateful to God for. Perhaps you're studying. But it's so easy in the good times to take our eye off the goal of pleasing him. And so my challenge today is not only to be encouraged that we all walk through difficult times, but also in the journey of life that is in the good times, in the highs and the lows. Remember, people said you will have highs and you will have lows. In the high times, let's not take our eye off the goal of pleasing him. So when we make those business decisions, when we make those financial decisions, when we make those family decisions, we do them with the goal of pleasing the Lord. Let's make a plan to please him. Let's write it down. Let's have it stuck on the fridge because we can get so distracted, church. We can get so distracted with the things that are going wrong and we can get so distracted when things are going good. And 
I would just encourage you today to make a plan about how you are going to please God through your journey, how you're going to embrace this journey of life that has highs and lows, that has good times and bad times, that has things that are trying to trip us up, and, they have, and there are things that are going smoothly. Do you, do you struggle with depression, with thoughts of anxiety? I encourage you, practice gratitude. Take a journal every night before you go to bed or every morning when you wake up. Just write something down. It might be two things. Thank you for food on my table, for the breath in my lungs, whatever it might be. Practice gratitude. Make a plan to please him. Make a plan to please him. And Do you suffer with anger? You know, the Bible says it's okay to be angry, but in your anger, do not sin. Do you need to make a plan to please God? in your anger, if that's something that's tripping you up, if that's something that's causing you to fall. Difficult situations in work, financial difficulties, life choices, all these things. Ephesians 5 and verse 10 says, try to learn what pleases the Lord. And Galatians 6 and verse 8, just to finish, it says, those who live to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest death and decay. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. And at just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. (coughs) You know, whatever you're going through today, amen, if you're one of those that said, I've had a great week, keep your eyes on him. Keep pleasing him in that good week. Keep focusing on him in those good times. For those that are struggling, for those who have a challenge before them, seek God. Learn, like Ephesians says, what it is to please the Lord in that difficult time. Commit it to him. Lay your plans before him. Ask him to bless your plans. Call on people around you if you need advice, if you need help. You know, we have a pastoral team here that be willing to pray with you. Pastor, you can always come and talk with Pastor Andrew. He's away at the moment, but he's in the Gap Center in the week. If you need to pop in and see him, and we want to get alongside you guys when life is tripping you up, when you're struggling with things. You know, I want to be real with you today. Life has been a bit tricky for me lately. And thank God for Flo, who I'm able to go and speak to and talk about it and and express what's going on for me. Let's not all pretend that everything is okay. We are here as a body of Christ to get alongside one, other, one another. God is our, our Father. There's no one like him. But those people that can come alongside us and encourage us are important too. If you want to be part of a link group, you know, we have link groups in this church that meet in houses. Come and speak to me at the end. And we can see about getting you connected into there because being walking with people helps. But number one, get in the word. This word, this map, this list of instructions is full of every assurance and promise that you need. It might be uphill for a little bit right now, but it's going to even out. It's going to even out. And he will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. Thanks, Sarah.
Someone once said to me that a decent sermon is always one that you can apply to your week. And thank you for all those practical applications that we can put in this week. Um, if you have kids in creche, could you please go and pick them up ASAP? Because we will not start tea and coffee until the kids have been removed. I mean, picked up, you know what I mean? Um, and if you want tea and coffee, please wait for the children to be removed, picked up, passed on to someone else. Bef yeah, you know what I mean. Tea and coffee, wait for the kids. Awesome. Have a great week, church. Thank you very much.